Hi all, in this chapter I sit down with Layla and we take a different, interesting perspective on music, on passion, on life. I hope you enjoy this interview and if you want to see the video version, you can find it on my YouTube channel. So Layla, how are you really doing? Um, I'm good for the most part. Yeah. Uh, and some days I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed and stressed about the uncertainty and not being close to my family during these times. But I'm trying to get in the habit of taking every day as it comes so that I don't get, you know, swept up in emotions and get really caught up in my feelings. Are you that type that lives more in the present or you're always anxious about the future? I mean, I do a lot of practices to become um, more aware and more conscious and more in my skin so that I can be more present. But I'm also an overthinker and um, I feel like creative people tend to have like conceptualized things all the time. Mm. So, you know, I'm thinking about what I'm doing next and where I'm and, and in essence, you know, as a freelance artist, you're an entrepreneur. So you have to think about like, you know, what you're going to work on next, where you're going to get your next gig, how, what moves you're going to make next, who you're going to align with, who you're going to affiliate with. And all of these things need thought, you know, it doesn't, whilst I believe in the magic of manifestation, I also don't believe that like things just fall into your lap. You yeah. have to kind of, you know, make things happen, but I'm trying to get better at being in the moment and present and not so, you know, in my head. You think it's dangerous when a lot of books are telling us to be in the moment, in the present, and then people lose track of, let's say, not the far future, but the near future? Because, look, I, I hate the question, what is your five-year plan? I never know. And I'm I like, I don't know and too. I don't care. But what I would think might be helpful is, a year plan. So in 2020, even that, look at how that ended up. But my point is, even a year, I'll be like, okay, a direction in the year. I know what I want to do this year or what I, if I do, I'll be happy. Like I ask you, Leila, you'll be like, well, Anas, if I do this album and I do this gig and I get this award or I build a relationship that's stronger with my best friend, I'm happy this year. I think that's fine rather than always thinking, no, just live now, now. Don't think about tomorrow. I agree with you. I think yeah. it's important to have some sort of an outlook, some sort of an idea. Um, I think it's also important to be flexible because you don't know what life throws your way in this situation um, so that you don't get too disappointed, so that you don't get so caught up in achieving certain things and know that sometimes God has a bigger plan for you. If mm. something doesn't go the way you intended it to or as you planned, um, sometimes that's a blessing in disguise and you know we've all been there before i do agree with you i think it's important to have some level of like direction in life otherwise you can just coast and float and you know whilst that's nice for people living in in sort of remote areas where they're at one with nature and this idea and like the books that they write about like floating and being in the moment and all of that is great but if you don't have an idea or a vision let's not say like a, a set plan, 100%. then w where are you going? You know what I mean? That's why I use the word uh, general direction. I don't want KPIs and yeah. oh, these are my objectives that every day yeah. I measure. No, no. That takes the joy out of life. I know what I want, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I know what I want generally. If it changes, it changes. Um, while you were talking, <laughs> I, um, I had a feeling 
Do you sometimes think you're too smart for, <laughs> I don't mean it in a snobby way. Don't get me wrong. Okay. But I don't, maybe even in your teenage years, even growing up, do you often find yourself like, wow, the people around me are really dumb. <laughs> or like, like I know too much and it's a curse. Do I come across as no, someone, I'm, but just like... Something you said in the first answer made me think, I feel she's been through these moments where she's like, I shouldn't read too much. Maybe I'm reading too much and I know too much and I can catch this person and I know what this person is up to and it's bothering you that maybe your wavelength is not usually yeah. similar to people around you and maybe it's disappointing something. Yeah. <laughs> Correct? You're a very good reader. Um, you know, I don't think that I'm better than anyone else ever. Um, I don't... I like to... One thing that I really like as a personal trait is someone who is humble and someone who is hunger, hungry for knowledge and information. So if you think you're already like amazing and so smart, then you don't have room for improvement, right? I do feel that like in certain situations, I've been more equipped than other people because of my exposure, because of my education, because of the things that I've seen and done and whatever. Um, but I always try to come from a place of love and no judgment um, because we grow up in societies and cultures that are so judgmental and these ideals are ingrained in us from such a young age and it's kind of like a defense mechanism oh that person's like that so that means that they that don't get close to that person but actually as you grow older what you realize is that there is value in so many different types of people while someone might not be extremely academic they might be much more in tune spiritually or emotionally than mm. someone who's very academic. So people have different, um, you know, powers or whatever you want to call them, different uh, traits that you can find beauty in. It's just you have to be patient and look for those things. Why did you smile? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that patient and, and sometimes I find myself like, catching myself, becoming judgmental, and then like trying to... This is something that I really try what to I, work What I always time. tell people that I don't um, uh, support when somebody says, I don't judge people. I tell them, we all do. I agree. We all are preconditioned, whether from movies, from culture... Human nature. Religion, we judge. But a wise person takes a step back and says, hold on, you don't know. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Ask them, talk to them. Yeah. I think that's where the maturity yeah. comes in, or wisdom. Yeah. But what I don't excuse is bad behavior. Hmm. So I'll try not to make the judgment. I'll give people chances. But then consistent bad behavior for me is kind of yeah. not acceptable. It's showing you. Um, how do you remember your childhood? Um, manic. <laughs> manic. I mean, I was born in Belgium. And then we were quickly uprooted to move to Australia. And then from Australia... We moved to America where my sister was born and we lived in LA for a year and then we moved, we lived in South of France and then we moved back to, so it was like manic. Um, and then at some point my father brought us to Dubai where we were very young. So there was a lot of moving around. Why? Um, well, the revolution happened in Iran and... So mom and dad are from Iran? Both. Both, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, but 
my father was studying in Switzerland when the revolution happened, so they stayed in Europe. But then, of course, after I was born, they were looking for a new home. And um, my dad is very, like, he loves nature, and there were good opportunities in Australia. The first round, the first time we went there, it, it didn't quite stick, the idea of staying there. So we went to the States like every other, we went to LA like every other Iranian. Um, yeah. And he wasn't a big fan, so then we moved back to back to Australia and I'm really happy like Australia was a beautiful place to be raised in nature with a great system lovely happy kind uh, warm people so yeah I mean I have great memories but it was also manic you know a lot of moving around you think it's unsettling for a child to be moving so much um, or is it an advantage do you know I think that there are positives in everything uh, and when I look at the exposure that it gave me and the tolerance it gave me from having learned so much about different cultures and, and people, um, it helped me develop different things. Uh, definitely, I think routine and stability are important for young children hmm. because um, in that safety, in that security, they can maybe grow and develop when there's un uncertainty and like when they're not settled, then they become stressed and they carry on the parent stress and all of that. For me, there's no real black or white in life, you know. At the same yeah, time, I, I look... Sh it's shades of grey. Yeah. I mean, maybe not as sadistic as that, but like... I didn't even watch the movie, by the way. <laughs> I haven't read the book or the movie, but you know, I say it out. in Arabic and I just translated it. I yeah. really feel it's not black or white. It's yeah. literally this. Yeah. So, but it goes lighter all the way to anything in life. I uh, don't like when somebody says, "Ah, oh, this is just this." No, no, not really. And and like, look at look at us, like how we're living today in today's society. We're all intermixed. We're not living in villages anymore. Where we're certain ways. You know, you have to be flexible. Mm. And like, obviously, my parents or the other Iranian diaspora community didn't opt to get thrown out of their countries and not return and look for another opportunity. So they had to be flexible and yeah. that's, that's just the way it is. And, you know, we have so many blessings that you can't really focus on like, oh, was that terrible? No, it was great. We got to see the world before we were even five. Yeah, it's one way of looking at it. I don't it. remember it, but... <laughs> maybe the subconscious remembers it. Yeah, maybe. And how is the relationship with the parents? Um, my mother is like, she can do no wrong. She's always on my head. My mother is everything to me. She's uh, really compromised a lot in her life for myself and my three sisters. So what she's my queen. Mean? You know, it was difficult. I, um, I love my father also. He's a very eccentric character. He's very interesting. Um, but my mother really did all the work. Mothers are great usually. Mothers are great. <laughs> yeah. But you said compromised. What does compromise mean? I mean, compromise. Well, when you're dealing with certain characters, um, being away from family, raising, my father was always traveling, raising children on your own. How many are in you? A foreign, we're four girls. Hmm. In a foreign country, I was quite rebellious and, you mm, know. That would suit you, yeah. <laughs> okay. 
I'm a much better child now. <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> I'm much more obedient, but yeah. it wasn't a walk in the park. And like, when I think about it, I mean, how much like effort and energy it takes to raise four young women and mm. hope that they carry some of their values. cultural values and traditions in a very free country. Ah. I mean, it's stressful. And, you know, as much as my parents are very open-minded and Western, they, they're still in a household that were very strict values, you know? Yeah. Whereas like our neighbors, like the kids were drinking with the parents at the age of 13, 14, you know what I mean? So you just, you got to keep a tight leash and when you're one, it's much harder. Hmm. So. Interesting. So you'd say your childhood was a positive one generally? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. You I mean, feel it played a big role in Layla today? I mean, of course, everybody's childhood does. But I think yeah. when I really became myself, and it's very sad to say, was when I moved away from my family mm. and I kind of like took on the world by myself because then you don't have this constant like influence. And I was much older, so I had already the foundations of who I was. But this freedom to explore different parts of your character without being under scrutiny or watched or judged you know that kind of only happened for me a bit later on when i traveled by myself it's very empowering to leave the nest you know and i think that's i'm the only one who studied abroad and i wish my brothers did too they all studied here in typical universities everything is comfortable everything is there you have the security of the family somebody does your laundry somebody can drop you off you're not challenged. Yeah, you're not. Not life challenged. Education, I think education here it can be better than America. Adi, no yeah. problem. But it's the life experience of being... Where you did you go? Your, I went to Boston. So I, I relate to what you just said. Is It's not we're attacking our parents. It's just you need to leave the nest to find your way. Otherwise, you're just a copy-paste of probably what they teach you. I mean, you're the eldest as well, yeah. right? Like, it's also like this thing of like growing up in a culture where it's like you're the eldest, take responsibility, look after your brothers, look after your sisters, look at. And then this expectation of you to be the Layla that they knew, where sometimes you want to evolve, right? You want to change. Mm. And that's why I travel alone a lot, because when you are with people that know you for who you are, you kind of are forced to be that person all the time. Interesting. And there are so many different, like, Basically, in my opinion, if you're not evolving, if you're not changing, you're dead, right? So this idea of being the same you because people want consistency from you is, is in my opinion, not for it's our selfish pruning. of them. It's selfish of them, yeah. Because it's their comfort zone. And there is a, a quote I always repeat that people will tell you you've changed when you stop living the way they want you to live. So they'll come and tell you, like, Leila, you've changed. They're like... I hope so. Yeah, exactly. You know, I hope for the better. Yeah. Hmm. And how did you end up moving to Dubai? How did this move happen? Uh, well, my father was here and I've been coming here on and off since, you know, we, so your as father a family. Lives here, so your father lives here. He, he's no here. longer here, but he was here. I have my extended family here, I have my cousins, my uncles. And mom? Mother and my sisters are in Australia. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Because so we're all Australian. The goddess, citizens. the queen is not next to you. No, but she's ah. in my heart. And, you know, every, every day we message and, yeah. you know. Um, and my mom's super chill. Like, she's cool and she's not that kind of 
typical Iranian mother who's like calling me every five minutes. She's like, do your thing, live your life, yeah. be you. You know, she's very supportive. There is um, a saying, I don't know if it's in, um, per- do you understand Persian? Of course. Dori Dusti? Does a, that A friend translate? from far? It's, I'm not great at Farsi. Okay. But I was told this a lot and it means dear as long as you're far. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> my mother always says that. <laughs> And she, she likes saying it. The point is, you mentioned that your mom is away. It's, it doesn't determine the quality of a relationship if you're close or far. I mean, even if she's far, you can still have a very rich Yeah, because know, we have the foundation. Like, yeah. I mean, I was you know, with them until my mid-20s. And the thing is, like, we are such a close-knit mm. family. Um, we share everything. We're, and, and I travel a lot with my family. So, like... Even if I'm not there, or when I make the time to go there, I'll go and spend a month in Australia, and I make no plans with anyone else. It's like morning, breakfast, lunch, and dinner together, nice. walks, like family time, whatever. So I try to make up for the fact that I'm with not quality. there. Yeah. And um, you jumped into music, coming from an Iranian family, or Asian or Arab is always tricky, I would say. I don't know about your specific family. I know in general, yeah, it's not easy to jump into that sector. Yeah. How did you jump to that? Um, well, yeah, it was it was tough. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> um, I was. Uh, and you're the eldest. I'm the eldest. Yeah. Okay. And I'll tell you why I asked that. Yeah. Yeah, because you don't want to set a bad example for the siblings, right? When you do that's the one. thing that's against the family. I'll tell you in my perspective, and I don't know if it applies to you and to others. When you're the eldest, you don't know better. And what I mean by that is my passion was football. I wanted to be a footballer. Yeah. But my father wasn't into sports. So he could not guide me or take me on that path and say, I'll drive you to practice. Or, you know, the typical stories of footballers where yeah. the dad will. Yeah. So I didn't have that option. Yeah. I didn't have an elder brother who'd be like, ignore, ignore, just do what you want. Yeah. So, you know, you don't have that person that's above you. That's kind of like a mentor or a, telling you, Leila, go sing. I'll drop you there. Nobody should know. So you have to do it on your own, which takes more effort. You have to muster more courage. Yeah. Totally. The second child or the third, you can be that for them. Like, have you want? I'll register you for the Yeah, game. yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's my point. And you're right. I think... Um, and we start late usually. Yeah. And that's the other problem is because you want... For so many years, you're too like... You don't have the courage to go up against your parents and be like, no, uh, I really want to do this because like God forbids that me, the eldest daughter of my father, wants to entertain people. Like wow, that is so below you and I raised you to be educated and smart and, and an elegant young lady and how are you going to go on stage? Like, this is the mentality. And look, my father is highly educated. He's very Western. He's very European in certain things. He's very open-minded. But like, no daughter of mine is going to be an entertainer for other people's pleasure. Like, obviously, that comes from a place of love, but it's also very regressive, mm-hmm. you know? Although I would say in Iran, uh, back in the day, they were really, really big into arts and music. It was a normal thing. You know, you had legends singing and you had yeah. big parties. And, and, and they, they still are. But mm. as singers, it's like 
it's a certain background that goes into singing. This is, I'm talking like, this is back, mm. you know, sort of older mentality. It's traditional. Yeah. That like, and the same in, in Arabic yeah, culture. Yeah, they look down on athletes and singers, I would say, and yeah, actors. Yeah. Aren't low class. Yeah, like, exactly. No, like, why does it have to be low class? In fact, the way I see it, and I think that there's a way to do everything, obviously, like, you know, I've, without, you know, being judgmental, from my father's perspective, if I was very, like, and I like to be as modest as possible, not because of my father or anything else, but, like, I just feel like I'd rather let different assets shine rather than, like, physical attributes, you know what I mean? So I, I get it. It comes from a place of love, but like, of course, he wasn't okay with it. And um, they weren't supportive. And so because of that, I started a lot later because I was like, no, I'm not going to go up against my parents, against the social like network that they have, against community in general, this idea of like, if you do this, no one's going to marry you. And like, no man wants to be with a singer, which... I even endure like this even today, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, it was tough. And like to have the guts to go up against everyone and be like, you know what, I'm going to do this. No one was for it. No one. Mm. But what I came to the conclusion of was that I wanted to live a life of authenticity. And if that disrupted other people's ideology, that wasn't going to make me sleep worse at night. Of course, I tried to do everything with a certain level of respect and dignity so that I wasn't constantly at loggerheads. And it wasn't like it was like, we disown you, we don't want to speak to you any anymore, my family, but they do really didn't believe in what I was doing. And to a certain extent, they still don't, as in my father and the extended family. But I feel happy. And because I'm happy, I'm a better daughter, niece, sister to my family. And for me, that's already a win. Does, well, it, does it hurt you, though? That Because a lot of people say, oh, it doesn't matter what people think, it doesn't affect me. I would agree that if you're really well composed in your mentality, you wouldn't let outsider fans, basic friends, basic colleagues affect your direction but I always think people that are really close to us especially parents because we're biologically even you know just connected to them mm -hmm. they say this dress is ugly it sticks in your mind whether you ignore the, your mother saying that or not when you're in the party wearing that dress you will think my mother said it will just stick there I think yeah so it doesn't hurt you that till today your father still cannot go 100% with you on this career choice not really the reason being is because while I respect him and I understand where he's coming from, if I live a life for him and only for him, and I already am very like committed to my family, it's not like I've completely like detached myself from them, then I will be, I won't really be the daughter that he raised. You know what I mean? He raised me always to challenge the status quo. He, all, he raised me always to be stronger than the rest. He raised me to question everything. He raised me to go up against like people that I didn't have the guts to go up against and do what I wanted to do. So if I didn't do this, then I'm not his daughter, you know? Mm. And um, also, like, I think that it's important 
I'm not saying that I'm the person that's going to pave the way, but each female artist that does this, you don't know what it's like to be a young woman who has so much song and poetry in her and feels like that culturally it's unacceptable and that she's going to be shunned and she's going to be disrespected. Like, what is this ideology that we're putting in the minds of our young girls? It's so backwards. The very fact that you were saying in my culture, like philosophy, culture, and arts and music and everything was very much a part of our culture. And today it's, you know, it's illegal for a woman to perform live. And I think that music is a beautiful universal language. I think it's a beautiful way to communicate across cultures. I think that it's necessary for, for society to have all mediums of art, but in particular music. It's a beautiful way to tell stories for us to recollect certain generations and, and eras and things like that. Why, why strip that? That's the very way we communicate with God is through prayer and I don't want to call it music, but melody. And that's how we learn how to speak. Mm. It's like a fundamental of like a requirement of people. Why, why take that away from us? Because it's I'm not huge. acceptable. I'm huge on music. Yeah. And I think one of the best indicators of what you just said is if you put a nice beat and a baby's there, he's going to or she's going to start <laughs> dancing. Naturally, you didn't teach the baby to dance or to move and suddenly it does and it feels good. So for me, that's enough evidence that music is a beautiful thing. It can make you feel better. It can make you feel sad. You Have watch a movie and it's a sad scene with the right music and you're you're gone, like you're crying and suddenly you're elated. And I think this, that's so powerful. Okay, so you went to corporate though. Yeah. You did work. Yeah. So again, we come back to the point, you, you had a switch. Yeah. When was enough? Um, I mean, it's kind of like heavy. I mean, I was very depressed. It got to the point where I was like, because I'm hungry for life you know i didn't want to just have like have the convention and be like okay yeah tick the boxes and that's enough for me already i wasn't happy with certain like events that had happened in my life and i got to the point where i was like clinically depressed to the point where i went for a brain scan and the, and the doctor was like yeah you got to go on like some antidepressants or whatever and i was like i don't think so i really don't think that that's what i need and she was like, no, you have to. But I knew that in, in, in my heart, it was just a matter of like breaking, breaking free from the chains of like convention that wasn't good for me. I'm not saying that that's the case for everyone, you know, mm. but for me, it was like really hurting me and it was hurting my soul. So I got to the point where like I consulted with my family and people that were like in the know and everyone was like, yeah, you should go on the antidepressants. It's not a big deal. You go on them and you, and then I was like, okay, finally, after some very careful consideration and, and study, I said, okay, fine, I'll explore that option. And I went to a pharmacy on Sheikh Zayed Road. I remember clearly which one. And I, I had the prescription and I asked for the medication and they were out of stock. And then I went somewhere else and they were out of stock. Interesting. And then I went somewhere else and I was out of stock. I said, thank you, God, for like giving me the answer that I really like. Need. This, is, this is a sign, if, if any, right? 
So then I said to myself, look, it's not like I had no singing training. I had no like idea of how I was going to approach this. All I knew was that I need to take some time out to recenter and recalibrate and like just reconnect with the world and have some stories to tell. And so I made a plan of like six months of working hardcore and also performing at the same time. Like I just put a band together. I was like, okay, now I'm a singer. I'm going to sing. And I started doing like live performances. Um, and, you know, we're talking like five years ago. And uh, then I just packed everything up and I set out on a journey of like a year of traveling the world. Wow. Yeah. So I went to like different parts of the world and I saw different things and I learned to language and I connected with nature and people. Alone? And, um, some of it I was with Friend. friends and some of it I was with family, but a lot of it I was alone. I went and learned, trained Muay Thai in Thailand and then I went to Seychelles and then I went to Paris and I like went to museums every day and I was just feeling my you were hungry i was hungry like i needed to see you know i was like living such a the the rat race for so long and like mm. with with heaviness of like family stuff and life and that it just caught up with me and i was like i'm not gonna let this whatever my brain imbalance like take over me and me to to make medicine my food you know i want my food to be life and like learning and whatever so I learned a lot. I met a lot of amazing people. I connected with life. I fell in love. I fell out of love. I grew. I, you know, I shrank at times. And then I was like, okay, I've had enough of this. Like now I'm going to go back to Dubai and I'm going to set up like a situation where I can start to explore my music. And I started to write and connect with songwriters and producers from Sweden. And we wrote songs together. And then I did a video. And like before I knew it, I had released a song. Hmm. And I was still working with my family at that time. And I remember it was like, okay, I really like this. And I feel good. And I don't need no drugs. <laughs> and my drug is music. And hmm. so, like, I'm going to do this. And I didn't care, like, at what cost. If I had to downsize my life, if I had to downgrade everything, sell whatever I had to make the production happen. Because no one was going to support me in that. Hmm. And I did it and I busted my butt and like worked so hard. And um, yeah, it was tough, but like, and it's a never ending journey. You know what I mean? It's not like mm. I've achieved anything that like I can say like, wow, I've, you know, I'm still on that journey. But like, had I not taken that step, I might have still been miserable. I have a few points. So one thing you said was to reach that level of depression, certain things happened in your life. Yeah. Can you elaborate? Oh, no, you don't have to give me all of them. Give me what you want to give. Um, well, like I was supposed to have moved to London um, in 2008 to like, you know, I love Europe. I wanted to be there and whatever. And then I got stuck here because... Um, my, fa my father had some stuff going on and then he had some like health issues so I stayed for that and then just like stuff happens in life and when you're like young anything bad hap that bad that happens like you take so heavy and you're like but this is not where I planned to be and this is not what I wanted from my life and this is not who I wanted to be why am I here you know and then 
And then the next thing is like, okay, you got to get married. But I didn't want to get married. Why? Like, who am I going to marry just for the sake of getting married? I don't want to just marry this random guy just because he's got a status and money or whatever. Like, I need to be madly yeah. in love with him. I need to feel like I can grow and reach my fullest potential. Like, what kind of a life is this? I was not okay with it. So you were arranged ma- No, I wasn't. I wasn't, be? but it was like suggested yeah, yeah. on numerous occasions. The peer pressure of that. Yeah, and not just family, but like the people around, like, now you should get married. But I'm like, I'm not even a whole person myself. I just want me to become dependent on someone else. Like, mm. I'm not even who I want to be. So I'll, I could maybe get into that situation and I'll find that I'll have everything that, you know, people think that it is what they want from a life where you have a partner who you know can provide and everything but if you're not who you want to be then you'll end up miserable. growing resentful yeah. and miserable right yeah and then how are you going to rear children and pass on that resentment towards you to them you think you uh, intimidate men no <laughs> you sure well i'm not a walk in the park let's just be <laughs> honest <laughs> i don't know i think The right man would never be intimidated by a strong woman. Yeah, they're a strong, self-assured, at-peace man, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So, Which I'm not if many of them. Yeah, but I, <laughs> I, I know a few and, you know, I've like had the pleasure of knowing, you know, whether as friends or partners and... And, you know, the thing about me is, like, I might come across as, like, bullish and, like, yeah, I'm gonna do my thing my way, you know? Um, but, like, You know, I'm also like soft and when the right person comes along, I become vulnerable and I become fragile and mm. I and I like trust him. Obviously, it takes a while to get there. I'm not like just, you know, mm. oh yeah, hey, what's up? Like he's my heart on a silver platter. It takes me time to get there. But when I do, you know, I'm not going to strip that man of his like essence of being a man which is like a protector and a nurturer like as much as i'm a feminist i'm also not about taking away a man's power and i appreciate men that are like carers and nurturers and and you know sort of guardian i like that you know why wouldn't i i like someone who's strong strong and maybe even stronger than me you know Mm -hmm. someone i can look up to and learn from Why would I want someone that I could, that I would like crush? How was yeah? You'll t- be turned off so quickly. Yeah. If you can crush him. Um, how has love treated you so far in your life? Mm. I think love treats you the way you perceive it, right? So, I've had a lot of growing to do. I've had some uh, trust issues in the past. And so generally, like, I could say, like, in more recent times, I've had very lovely interactions um, and some more challenging ones because there's obviously, like, junk and shit I need to, like, figure out and, like, work out. And that's life, you know. I, mm. and, I, and I think that um, obviously... There are things that are going to be more challenging for me because I travel a lot, I work a lot. I'm not free to go to dinners or like movies because I'm working. Um, no, the person has to get it or be in a similar lifestyle to understand. 
Yeah, and it's tough. And like Middle Eastern men in general, they're like, so when are you going to give up your hobby? <laughs> oh, mashallah, great. <laughs> uh, but there's a point on that that I don't want to miss. You chose music in a country that's extremely amateur in music. Yeah. Still, yeah. inshallah, with the opera house and all of these things, we're starting to evolve, but even more so maybe in the English sector, an Arab or an Iranian or an Asian singing English is already a challenge. Yeah, of course. You're not in America yeah. or in, the, in Europe. So you made a, a big career choice to something that is still not flourishing. One, you have a small country, don't have volume. Yeah. So even if you have a hit record, it's what, for a few million. So unless it goes you know, viral, which is still not easy. Uh, competition is very high outside, especially if you're not there competing directly. Of course. So you're choosing something in a very amateur mar- market, which is risky, but I understand that it gave you so much peace and it was you, so you were like, you know what, fuck it, I'm going for this, this is what I want, this is me. However, I, I'll tell you my perspective and I'd love to hear your view. I am invited to a lot of events and I see you a lot, right? Oh, Leila, oh, Leila again, oh, Leila again. And I'm sure a lot of people are like, Come oh my on, God, Leila. <laughs> Is there no other singer to hire or to get, right? <laughs> and I'll tell, I'm, I'll tell you things in this interview that I'm sure people think. Yeah, of course, actually, it's true. I I even I you. think that. Even I ask the client, I'm like, trust me, you need a different singer. I can't do the same event for the fifth time in a row. But I'll tell you what, what my point is. Aren't you afraid that you will start to be categorized as a cover singer? Not a karaoke singer, that's a joke. Yeah. I mean a cover singer. You oh, sing this hit, sing that hit. Oh, Habibti, yalla, sing, sing this, I don't know yeah. song. And suddenly you're not uh, the artist that you want to express yourself yeah. as. And so it's a very tricky balance because people like you doing covers. It's like YouTube, YouTubers yeah, are really yeah, yeah, good yeah, at yeah, covers. Yeah, yeah. Then they release their own song, nobody wants to listen to it. Yeah, yeah. So are you doing it just to pay bills? Yeah. Okay. And, and that, That's I a always, straight answer. Yeah. Like. And many people might criticize it, but like, unless you're here in a market, like you said, that's very challenging as it is. And I'm like super grateful. If I had waited until it was the right life, I'm not at the juncture of my life where I'm gonna go sleep on couches and like, you know, be a starving artist. Like, there's no way I can do that. Somewhere in me, there's still like a, a little princess that's not about to go to LA and like, you know, struggle like that. This is where I'm living, this is my home, and I love Dubai, I've been here a long time, right? Yeah. And when I wanted to release, I thought to myself, yeah, I could go to LA or London. Like, it's not that I can't go, but like, who am I speaking to there? Like, here I have people that actually care and about my success and want to help me and want to help me grow. And I'm very grateful to, you know, everyone in Dubai that like sort of supported me, even from the cover performances, because that was my stage. And my school, hmm. you know, like do this. Are you okay? That was my stage and my school. Like I learned how to perform with a band. I learned how to engage with an audience. Like other artists out here might be like, yeah, but she sings covers. I'm like, yeah, can you get on a stage and sing for two, three hours with a band? It's not easy. And like improvise and like engage read with your audience and read the crowd. And that, if you want to be good at your, it's like stand-up comedians. Skill. They tell you go to small bars, pitch. Exercise your jokes. Learn what's good, what works, what doesn't. If you don't do that, the greatest stand-up comedians always do that. Yes. They'll do these small events that nobody knows about. Yeah. But like not even, I think here everybody's got like a bit of a superiority complex. You know, they're like, oh, 
they're working a nine to five, but they want to be an artist at the same time, which I respect too. Like we all got to work and pay our bills, right? So. But if I'm doing something that's complementary and I'm learning from it, I find much more value in that. I don't care what other people say. Like for me, learning how to perform with a band and being on stage and getting the hours and getting the hours and getting the hours is much more valuable than just to, because out of ego to say like, I only sing my own songs. Amy Winehouse, Prince, all of these guys, that's how they started. Mm. Amy Winehouse was singing Pizza Express, for goodness sakes, in like London. You know what I mean? You can't think you're above anything. And this is the problem that we have as Middle yeah, Eastern I respect that. culture. It's like, oh, you know, oh, she does covers. So, so what? How, like, are you paying my bills? I was just going to Do you know what that. I mean? Like, yeah. mommy and daddy are not paying my bills. And if they're paying your bills and you want to be judgmental, that's, that, that's on your account. But if people don't know what it takes, the courage that it takes to get up on stage and perform. And a couple of times, some people in the industry have said, like a couple of my peers, for example, that are amazing singers, that are amazing talents. And then they'll release a song and everyone's like, yeah, but he's a cover singer. Yeah, but how do you want him to pay his bills? He's a real musician. It's so easy for you to just throw that. And, and who are you anyway? Have, do you know how to get up on stage and perform to an audience? Do you know what it takes to be in a bad mood and have to put on a smile and do that five nights in a row? Because you care so much about your art that you're not going to give up, that you're going to... And here, thankfully, there's gigs all the time. So musicians make a decent living. If that means I have to have fun on stage singing a couple of other people's songs who I love, like mm-hmm. jazz and soul and whatever, I'm going to do so it. So be it. Yeah. Do you think Leila... I think I know the answer, but I, I want to put it out there. Both being the eldest mm-hmm. from families, both starting late and breaking off the corporate uh, cage. I'll call it a cage because for me it's a cage. Yeah, it's for a some cage. people it suits, suits them. It's a nice cage. Mm-hmm. Not for me. But to break out of the corporate system, what you call the rat race, um, but late. Did you get that feeling of... Um, not FOMO or YOLO and all of these abbreviations, but similar, like your fear of missing out. Like I'm already late. I need to quickly make up for lost time. That's why I'm hungry. I think I would have been hungry in any situation. Even if you started at 18? Yeah. Really? That's that's my, that just just my personality is like that. Mm. Um, But maybe, yeah, maybe less so. Maybe less. I think for me, definitely. I definitely have that feeling. Like I'm obsessive in a way. I'm, I'm crazy at my passion. I will practice. I will learn. I want to be the best in a certain category just because, I don't know, I'm hungry. Maybe that's the word I like to use and you use it a lot. Hungry for life. I want to achieve and I don't know how much time we have. But I feel you're that type. Like that's why you said, I don't care if I'm doing uh, 10 covers and three gigs and I have to live, I have to do well so I can, you know, support my musical career. I'll do what it takes. Yeah. It doesn't matter what people think. Other people will succumb to to the pressures of a society. Yeah, but what are, where, where are they? What do you mean? <laughs> where are those people? Yeah, they're nothing they're in sitting, life. They're sitting in their, like, you know, cocoons and, like, sitting there in their cocoons, passing judgment. Like, get off your ass. If you want to judge other people, move your ass. So People who are moving their ass <laughs> don't have time to judge They don't. Others. 
And that's the whole point is like, if you're busy doing your own thing, you don't care about what anyone else is doing. And in, in fact, you will applaud them because they're doing something, right? Mm. But like you said, I think that maybe if you get a head start, you don't have this like deep need to like, and look, I'm not saying it because for me, if I don't like break the big charts or whatever, I don't care. You're still doing you. I'm doing me. Yeah. I'm doing me on my terms. I don't have to answer to anyone. Like with all due respect to my parents, like, I'm sorry, I love you guys. I do, no, I, I, do I do tell you where I am, you, but like, yeah. You own your time. I don't have a label breathing down my back. So. I, I pay my own bills. I don't have investments. Like I don't have to worry about paying people back because I don't want to, you know, take someone's money and not and under deliver. Do you have a best friend? I have my best friends are my sisters, but I also have a yeah, network. They, can, they of, can count. But I have a network of amazing women One. around me. Who yeah. edges? Who edges it all? Who knows everything about Leila? Uh, yeah, there is one person. Okay, um, him or her. If we ask this person, yeah, what are three things you would? If we call them now, yeah, okay, and we put them on the line, and I tell him or her, uh, describe Leila in three words. What do you think their answer would be? Passionate. Mm-hmm. It's not your answer, it's their answer. I know, that's why I'm trying to see it from their perspective, because my answers, no, uh, passionate. Um, like, I'm trying to find the right way to f- phrase this, like a perfectionist, but to the point that it's a fault. Okay. Yeah, I'm very hard on myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm very hard relate. on myself. Okay. Yeah, and it's painful for the people around you, because you're like, right? <laughs> Right, guys? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Revising a video like 72 times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, because you yeah, care, right? Mm, and you're okay. Leo too, so that's the other part. We're, we're both Leos? Mm-hmm. Leo. I'm the 4th of August. 3rd. Yeah, that's right. Damn. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I think, I don't know if she's the only Leo we got so far. Yeah. Okay, third point? Third point would be... That I'm probably that I'm very generous. Emotionally. Also a Leo in everything. Yeah, I think generosity and stinginess are a character or characteristic. Yeah. Like if you're stingy with money, you're probably stingy with yeah, your yeah, emotions. Yeah. Yeah. But um, like to a point that it's like like maybe too much. <laughs> what hurts you? What hurts me? Really, really like really hurts you, really bothers you. Like, I really hate lies. Liars. I hate lies. Like, it just, any lies. Like, from the people around me, I just hate lies. It really bothers me. Have you been cheated on? Yeah, of course. How does that? It's not so much the cheating that is like, for me, when somebody cheats, um, it, it, it's very it's telling. It's a big lie. Yeah, but I'm not, for life, me, yeah. cheating is not like when somebody cheats, I lose complete respect for them because I think to myself, you don't have the ability to communicate that like 
You want out. You want out. Or usually people do it because they are insecure, right? So they have to fill this void and make themselves feel, you know, validated or whatever. I think it fills different mm -hmm. gaps. So if somebody's in a relationship that's lacking emotional chemistry, yeah. they look for emotional chemistry. Physical, they look for physical. Yeah. Uh, if they're, you know, just horny all the time, they'll probably go find, I don't know, 50 other people, you know? It's, it all depends on of what, course, void, yeah. what void is You're there. right, you're right. And you know? look, I'm not speaking as like a married person with children, so I don't know also what that would be yeah, like. You've never been married, right? No. Interesting. Yeah. Did you want to or you just, like, why wouldn't you? Because it's a very probably, probably, yeah. don't quote me, but a natural progression for some people. I don't yeah. generalize. Yeah. Um, like for me, the idea of marriage, well, first of all, I, I was so focused on my music and anyone that came into my life was had to either like be on that journey with me or bye-bye kind mm, of thing. Yeah. And, and so that was a little bit of a hindrance. And, you know, I was like on the go and I didn't want to be kind of in a situation where I couldn't give that person 100%. Um, but like also the way I see marriage is that I'm like, an, I'm independent. I would love to have a person on this journey of life with me where we could share and grow together. But if that person's not the right person for me, like, Why are you I don't care who he is, I'm not going to marry him. You mm. know what I mean? So mm. like, it just really has, there has to be so many things aligned. And I don't even mean like culturally or anything like that. If you don't have common objectives in life, you're never going to get anywhere. And so for me, I'm, I feel so abundant in love from my family and friends that I've never felt like I had to rush into marriage. But of course, like, I would love to get married one day. Yeah, you seem like a very passionate person as a lover, I would say, because, you know, you're an artist. Because I'm a Leo. <laughs> Leo. Uh, you're very expressive, I feel. Yeah. Not maybe now, but if you trust somebody, I think you're very expressive. I also think you're very motherly by nature. If you ever decide to have yeah. kids, I think you'll be a tough mom, Thank but you. a loving mom. You know what yes. I mean? Does that make sense? Thank you. Yeah, Such a opinion. compliment. That's yeah. so nice. Um, what are you afraid of? Uh, I'm most afraid of not realizing my fullest potential and just like Shit, being a basic like bitch. I swear, I, I think so many things the same. We're pretty much the same person. Maybe. Like your third of August. I just August can't, sing. I can't sing for shit. So. I'm sure if you yeah. try, you can. I can choose good music, but that's That's, that's already enough. Okay, so afraid um, of not fulfilling your potential. Potential and, you know, afraid of like losing my family. God forbid, God forbid, God forbid. Inshallah, God gives them long yeah. life and health. Yeah. As but long as we have a good journey with the people we love, if we end and we had a fulfilling life, alhamdulillah. Yeah. We had, don't have much yeah. to complain about. Um, yeah. Best moment so far in Layla's life. Mm. What stands out? So many things, really. Um, you know, like honestly, I know this sounds crazy, but like um, the best moments have been like the birth of my nieces and nephew. Oh, I have nice. two nieces and a nephew from my sisters and they're like my own kids. But then also things like more recently, in such a short period of time, I was able to do so much with my music and travel to so many amazing places and mm. achieve so many things. So there's been a lot. 
You know, I've had your song on my Spotify before I met you. Really? Allah. <laughs> I forgot the name, but as it's one. the one there is a music video on YouTube. As one. Well, I've got. La, not as one. Goddess. Closer. Na, 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 as one. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. It's a good song. Thank you. Um, worst moment in your life? Mm. Like bad. You were broke. I, I don't really remember stuff nothing, like that. Nothing broke you? Yeah. Because you're a sensitive person. I am, but like I don't get broken. I'm also very resilient. It's hard for me to really break. Was it in her research that she does the gold uh, pottery thing? Yeah. I yeah. love that. Kintsugi. So you do break, but then you come back together well, nicer. Well, that's my, that was the whole thing of my album. It was called Saved because I saved myself from the shackles, right? Mm. But I, I believe that in order to be reborn, you need to die a little bit, right? So I, I died, I broke. And then I put myself back together, but like in the Japanese pottery, the art form of the kintsugi, where they put gold, gold leaf in the cracks, in the the cracks and then that gives more value to the object. I want to buy, like, is it for sale? Like, I can buy one? What? The one of those? The kintsugi? Yeah. Well, why don't we just break something and do it? <laughs> no, like, I, I'm sure some people I mean, are great no, at no, it. no, they are, it's a very valuable piece of Japanese. I want something Japanese. for the new house. When I read it, I'm like, mm, I want one of yeah. those. It has such a nice representation. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I mean, I don't know where you could buy it from, but like, I'm sure you could. Otherwise, mm. you could do it yourself. Bad. Hmm. So, your worst moment? Um, worst moment... I don't know, like I just don't store You were clinically memories. depressed at one point. Yeah, but that was You wasn't... were cheated on at one point. Yeah, but like you cheated on so what? You had to go like... against your family and didn't mm, get... Yeah, I've had a lot of bad moments when I I don't, I don't call them bad. I call them journey, lessons, whatever you want to call it, story. Um, bad moments. Yeah, probably like... You know... Also, like, I don't know, my, my most recent, like, bad moment was, like, losing my grandfather. You know, that was bad. Hmm. And that was sad. And, but, like, if you nothing, don't have bad nothing. moments, you don't have good ones, right? So, like, it's, hmm. it's nothing that has, like, uh, completely scarred me to the point where I can't recover. You think you're a strong woman? Yeah. But I'm also very fragile. And I'm also very, like, vulnerable and... You know, I have my moments of like weakness. In this interview, how open were you out of 10? Um, Honestly. I'm always a bit guarded. I know. Yeah. yeah. So like, I was pretty open actually. Everyone warned me like, be careful. Oh, and really? it has this ability to like really like, you know, break a person down. I'm pretty honest, like if given the opportunity, but yeah. I won't really like, let everyone see my no. vulnerable side. I knew that coming in. Last yeah, time. but in but I'm also not like I'm not going to pretend like I'm this warrior and I'm so strong and like no, it's not the case. So I'm, out of ten, because <laughs> I'm always a bit guarded because like you know that's my defense mechanism. I'd say like probably seven. Why? What do you think? I thought you'd say seven. Yeah, but how honest do you think I was? I, I mean, I wasn't dishonest. No, I, wasn't, I, I don't think open. you're lying or, or PR answering. I don't think you're that type. Yeah. I just think you're the type that, I, again, I relate to you because yeah. I feel a lot of yeah. similarity. It takes me time yeah. to 
Like I'm not volunteering information to the world. Yeah. If maybe I feel really comfortable, I'll say it. But I won't lie. Yeah. It doesn't mean I'm going to give you this answer. I'll probably give you this. Yeah. Yalla, final one. <laughs> Layla in one word. Me in one word? Oh my God. I don't know. Probably just passionate. It's hard I to say one word. Really? Because <laughs> you used it earlier when I said, What's your best friend? We'll say the first word you said, passionate. Yeah. Thanks. What would you say? Are we shaking hands? Yeah, we are. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, what would I say? About you. Yeah, yeah. Everybody wants to know, so this won't be in the. I'll, I'll cut it here. But uh, between you and I, I would say maybe.